Hello, welcome to the Therapy Thursday podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Yu, and every single Thursday, I learn lessons from my own therapy sessions and I share them with all of you. I'm so ready to go through and grow through so much with you. Let's go. And right before this episode starts, I want to say I'm very sorry if any of the audio on my end sometimes gets a little loud. My amazing editor, Brett, has worked so hard, so hopefully you don't even notice, but I just wanted to do a little disclaimer and say we totally acknowledge it, and I actually wanted to re-record the episodes, but I knew that we wouldn't be able to bring you that same true connection, conversation, and value that I had with these people. And I also really, really value their time. I just wanted you to know that I am sorry, and I know you're still going to absolutely love this talk. So enjoy. Hi, everyone. Happy Therapy Thursday. I am so excited. This episode is going to be major TMI, but between you and I, I have to tell you all of this. I talked to my amazing friend, Kate Noel, today, and we went in on talking about some shit, and it's the shit, and all puns intended, because... I didn't even know this about her. She is just an incredible person that I've been friends with online for quite some time. She's model, actress, podcaster, foodie. She talks about real health and wellness. I didn't know that she also couldn't poop like me. I didn't know that she had all these digestive issues like me. And I've talked extensively on Instagram, have made so many videos and posts about how I can never poop. I have severe uh, reflux disease. I've had to get surgeries broken butt syndromes, all of these different things. If you haven't seen that on Instagram, you got to get on that right now. But in this episode, me and Kate go so deep into the journey of the struggles when it comes to digestive stuff. And I know so many of us feel Ugh, or nervous or weird and even yucky about talking about this stuff. But for she and I, it's just such a real part of our lives. And it's so nice. I wish I had been able to hear conversations like this between people with struggle with stuff like this. I didn't know. I thought I was the only one on the entire face of the earth that couldn't poop, that felt so uncomfortable with their digestive stuff and doctors are just like, what? So please enjoy my talk with Kate Noel. Starts right now. Oh, please. Oh, oh, please. Oh, please. Okay, everyone. I told Kate about our oh, please segment to start off the show. So Kate, what is your oh, please for today? Restrictive what I eat in a days. Oh, like oh, please. Book? <laughs> yeah, anything. Videos, uh, Instagram videos, I don't know, pictures, the restrictive what I eat in the days or the very diet culture what I eat in the days. Oh, I know. Or the ones, okay, there's this awesome YouTuber. Her name's Abby Sharp. Do you know who she is? She's mm -hmm. a dietitian. Mm -hmm. <gasps> Do you, okay, she has the best videos because she will review videos that are what I eat in the days. And because she has so much knowledge, about people who suffer from eating disorders, restrictive tendencies. She's also so funny when she comments on how restrictive people are. Mm -hmm. She's hilarious. And I, she's the only person I'll watch a 44-minute YouTube video on. I know. When I see videos like that, I just go, you know why I go, oh, please, especially is because I see a lot of my old self in them. Me too. It's a very 
it's kind of like an oh please, but it's not like a mad oh please. It's just like a I hope that you see what I see soon because yeah. it's sad. You know? I know. And it really is too. It's like, please stop doing that. <laughs> please stop making videos like this. That's why I stopped doing it. Did you ever do what I'd eat in a days? Yep. And I stopped. And I mean, I, I don't do them now. It's one of the reasons I quit YouTube because I was like, well, no one's going to watch my content. <laughs> People are addicted to People love them watching what you eat. And I feel for me, that was one of my biggest draws for videos. And I felt like it was so unhealthy just to do it because people wanted to see it. Exactly. And so I, that's why I said restrictive what I eat in a days because I'm, I know that there are people who are doing the good what I eat in a days. It's rare, I think. And I, I, I can understand their intentions and I think they're, they're good. And I think maybe there's, uh, maybe there are some people who benefit from seeing what I eat in a days if you need like meal support. Like mm-hmm. if you're struggling to like eat your meals and you need someone to eat your meal with. Yeah, I do. I do love that. I actually had never heard that phrase meal support until one of my friends. Um, She does that on Instagram and I was like, hi. And she's like, oh, I'm just doing a meal support. And I was like, that is the coolest thing ever. She just eats live. Um, but my oh please for today is because we are going to talk so much about poop. We're going to talk so much about digestive issues. And I feel guilty about saying an oh please about this, but it's because when you've gone through so much in your life and then someone DMs me, like you should try Benefiber or mm. have you drank aloe or um, have you ever tried eating fruit or you shouldn't <laughs> eat that banana? Did you know that bananas cause constipation? And I'm just like, oh, please, you have no, oh. I- you have no idea how annoyed I am with my own journey that I'm sure you don't even know that I'm just like, I can't handle anyone giving me a tip. I know. I can't deal with, I can't, like, we are a generation who is woke enough to know how to use Google and we use it, people. I know. We use it sometimes to our disadvantage, but trust me, there's something wrong with us. The first thing we do is Google <laughs> the shit out of it. We have like, th- we're like, three pages into Google. Like, trust me, I've already tried the aloe juice. You're like, I've done it. I know. <laughs> and I and I feel so grateful that people would ever want to care because you never like give someone suggestions that's not out of pure care. But I just get so fed up with trying to find my own solutions. I just go, oh, please, I don't even want to try that. Like, please. And I've yeah. probably already done it. Like, how many things have you tried that are just like... I can't even think about it because it makes me... <laughs> I don't know, it makes me speechless, I guess. Hi, question. Have you ever opened your laptop in front of your parents and had a porn site still up on your screen? Same. And I feel like porn feels so fake and way too intense, but I also want it to be intense, but feel real. And I've been searching for porn that feels real. That is so hot to me. And this year I discovered cheeks and oh my God, hot and ethical. Yep. All performers are verified 18 years or older and it's a sex positive platform that's actually diverse. Like I'm Asian and I see that and it's not super weird. It's so nice to see that it's normalized. It's also fun and all consensual on cheeks. And the best part is that the website looks like a magazine you kind of just casually scroll through. It's not this site that looks totally whack and you have to hide it or delete it from your search history. Cheeks is amazing and gave me the code Kelly for you to use for 14 free days at getcheeks.com. 
That's G-E-T-C-H-E-E-X.com. Go to getcheeks.com and use code Kelly to explore your sexual desires free from shame and taboo for 14 days free. And if you love it, which I know you will, you're gonna wanna have a full year subscription like me. Like, hi, yeah, I need more than 14 days of this amazingness. Thank you. And it's only $6.90 and you can cancel at any time. So have fun, 14 free days with code Kelly U at Get Cheeks. That's getcheeks.com. Enjoy. All right, now we are going to jump into the full chat between me and Kate. So can you first of all just list off for me the things that you know that you have and then we can see if we match up? Okay, like <laughs> clinical like, have you diagnosis di- or mm. like symptoms? Which one? Well, let's do the clinical first and then okay. we'll get into it. Well, first of all, let me just say, as you know, getting a clinical diagnosis is too hard and it's stressful. Because especially with our history and our eating stuff, because the mind, first of all, the mind is so powerful, but also I just don't feel like a lot of medical professionals, they don't, I I don't know why I've had a hard time getting diagnosed with stuff. Oh yeah. Like they don't want to, because also it's so easy for them to just say, ah, try Miralax. Okay. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, (laughs) girl, I'm sure you relate to this. I've had three GI doctors in my life, like specialists. Oh, yeah. So I Are they saw, men or women? Um, two men, one woman. Same. Really? Weird. Yeah, it was that sequence. Exactly. Okay. Oh, that's going. weird. Well, actually, mine was man, woman, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that wasn't that much of a problem. Obviously, like it makes me uncomfortable talking to men about my poop problems, like a little oh, really? bit. But then I'm yeah. like- it's not that bad. Like it's not a deal breaker for me, but no, I'm a little more comfortable with the women. I think doctors in general, but yeah. So I, I got diagnosed with IBS in 2020, which by the way, everyone that is irritable bowel syndrome, which is legit, just a blanket term that they will put on anything that they can't figure out. And a lot of times I have always felt like the doctor is just like, I don't know. That's exactly it. And they're very transparent about it. They legit go, we're just going to label it as IBS and treat your symptoms, which is the hard part about digestive struggle. So, you know, when you're dealing with things, whether it's burning, constipation, can't poop, like you get sick when you eat stuff, it is so hard to figure out. I mean, you could be doing this your whole life. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that too. You too. So your journey started kind of around what age? Well, I've always had digestive problems. Yeah. Like At since least you were I a kiddo? Think. Yeah. Like I remember being constipated when I was younger. Same. And my mom buying me Metamucil crackers. Oh my crackers. God. I drank prune juice. Oh. That does not work for me. It doesn't sorry. work. Prunes don't work. I don't know who decided... <laughs> No, no, no. I shouldn't say that. Maybe they work for some people. Yeah, exactly. But first of all, you're meant to eat like four 
what is it like three to five prunes? I'm like, has yeah. anyone ever done that? Do you know what that's like doing that I, every single day? I love prunes. So that's oh probably, I think they're Sorry so good. Like, no, you didn't at all. But I th- always thought that was funny that <laughs> in shows, people would make jokes about, oh, gross. Prune. I'm like, honestly, it tastes kind of good. But okay. so ha- what age do you know. think you're like really little or like maybe no, no. 10? Yeah. So I think that I just had like, a lot of like digestive problems, not a lot. I just had like general digestive problems growing up. Totally. And then I um, started my, I don't even know how it started. I guess my eating disorder started. Hell so yeah, it did. My, it I was did. 10. It started. And, yeah. you know, the eating disorder, first of all, I did abuse laxatives in my eating disorder, which is obviously a direct. Interesting intrusion how did you know those existed though see I I I did not even know they existed until I was older maybe it's because I'm also like Asian Asian household don't really know that much about medicine but how did you find out about them I don't know I must have just googled it or something Mm -hmm. I don't know I feel like kids are so smart like yeah I felt like I knew so much as as a kid like I knew Mm -hmm. what was going on in my house I knew like about life so I don't know I wish I wish I had that brain. I was walking around so unaware, just starving <laughs> at ten, and being like, "Oh, I wonder why I'm never pooping." Oh yeah, because you're also not eating. Which yeah, that has I feel to like happen. I feel like you're really good at um, explaining that when we talked too, just about how the gut brain relationship and the digestive system, all of that stuff, got so warped at such a young age. Yeah, like I was so aware of what I was doing to my body. And I wasn't aware in the way that I was like present in the moment. I was aware in the now. I was aware, I know I'm going to take these laxatives and tomorrow I'm going to wake up and poop my pants if I don't Mm -hmm. run to the toilet. You know, I I knew that was going to happen, but it was like my coping mechanism. It was my release. It was what I did. And I I didn't just abuse laxatives. I also was starving myself and I was bulimic and I was binging and binging and it was all bad. So all of it was bad for my digestive system, for my mind, for my body. And that just taxed me, you know, it taxed Mm -hmm. my body so much. So I, I told my mom, of course, I didn't tell my parents basically anything except what I thought they really needed to know. Right. I didn't tell anyone anything about my eating disorder until I was ready to recover, which is not a good idea, by the way. No, but I, we don't need the judgment in it, right, Kate? Like you were just going through life and doing your best. And that's what I want, you know, yeah. you and everyone to remember is like, of course, these have the sad part is there are so many detrimental effects. And that's why even I do too. feel like, oh, what I did was so bad because realistically, now our bodies feel legitimately bad in the truthful way of the word. And um, something that's so hard for me to always continue to reconcile in my life is just how dissociated I am from my stomach area and that's what's caused so much constipation that's caused pelvic floor dysfunction that's caused all these issues because your gut and brain are connected but we kind of chopped that at such a young age chopped it and it's it's actually the most unenjoyable thing to repair it even though that's literally what we have to do yeah I love to think about the body wants to heal. And I truly believe that even on days where I don't believe it, I tell myself that until I believe it, Mm -hmm. because it's true. Like our bodies are here to survive. There are 
so many things that we do unconsciously and consciously that allow us to thrive on earth and live and Mm -hmm. be present. And so my gut healing journey has been interesting because at first I was so reactive Mm -hmm. to it. I was so reactive. If I woke up and I felt bad, I would cry. I would I would I would be so mad. I would clench my fist. And I'd be like, I you know, I would just be in agony and I would be like, why curse you? And I would just like go crazy all weird all weird like that. And it's so real though. I feel like yeah. even now at 27 years old. It's real. It's so real. And I guess through realizing that that didn't help me, I mean, it's not like I'm perfect about it. And it's not like I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for my digestive issues. Like, <laughs> no, I would never do that. <laughs> but the tension and the stress we also realize is what causes the inability to have a functioning colon, intestines, digestive system. Because mm-hmm. are you like a clencher? Like, do you get anxious and stressed and you get tight in your body? Yeah, for sure. My whole left side of my body is like this because oh my God, I, same really yes oh my gosh, I've had to go to the chiropractor same. to fix the left side of my neck because ever since I was younger I think a lot of people will relate to this but it's not often said mm-hmm. anytime that I've eaten I get very tense and I learn to like only sit on my like left side and like lean on my left side oh, and- I don't know why mine's like that but when I, I so I grew up going to gymnastics and cheerleading. Oh, fun for you. Big contributor Great. to my disorder. So I literally did back handsprings. You know what that is, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. Like this, like my sorry, you can see my boot, but my No, I can't. You know, it's blurry. So Kate's putting her arms up and, and turning to a side. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, we're recording a podcast. Um, <laughs> my like shoulder was my left shoulder was always higher. So I kind of ah. did like crooked uh back handsprings. Okay, how fascinating that is. And and I'm I'm such a person who only because of therapy I've allowed my therapist to help me finally analyze my physical body because I would f- talk to her a lot about all these digestive things and she was like we should do some more like feeling in your body. I was like no thanks, but I started, right? So what I'm hypothesizing is okay, with your left shoulder is always cranked up kind of like to your ear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's almost like trying to make your stomach less heavy. Wow. Right, because you're lifting yourself, and I Therapy. feel like well, <laughs> well, I realize this too is um, I very much struggle with feeling capable of doing stuff if my stomach is full to this oh day. Oh, full or bloated? Which one? And any any, oh, any weight? Sensation? Okay, yeah, and it's a it's like a psyche pr- issue because. Mm-hmm. Do you ever picture that so many other people are walking around with full bo- bellies and aren't feeling it? I'm so I feel it. I can feel the things moving there. Yeah. Well, do you have the IBS diagnosis? Uh huh. Oh yeah. Sorry. Back to the we are so, supposed to list our diagnoses. Keep going. No. So that's okay. So I, that's one of the things is that we have more. You know, our nervous system is so much more sensitive, which actually that fact is kind of not validating because. The fact is, if people don't know, basically, we have more, we don't have necessarily more gas or constipation, even though sometimes we definitely do, mm-hmm. or diarrhea, whatever, but we have more nerve endings and we have more sensation than our non IBS counterparts. Right. So, you have a hypersensitive system yes. that notices all these intricacies of even gas moving around when people would yeah. never feel that ever. 
exactly. I'm like, I know that I have a fart that just moved from my right side to my <gasps> left side. Yes. And Rio's like, what? Rio's my husband. He's like, what? And I'm like, <laughs> you didn't, you don't feel that too sometimes. <laughs> it was scary uh, to me to realize that too, and it feels like a curse, huh? For yeah. me, it does. It just well, I actually so. I am actually pretty grateful for my IBS stuff because I'm in school now and I am going to hopefully none of my agents listen to this podcast. (laughs) Okay. Within the next year, it's okay if they do. I'm going to move away from the industry and start pursuing my career dreams, which I haven't really like told anyone them yet. So I'm going to not reveal it on here. I'm sorry. But basically, no, it's okay. My IBS and bloating and whatever else is happening, I have to go in and do fit modeling. If you know what fit modeling is, it's when you go on and try on clothes for designers and you tell them, I would this die. is too small. This is too big. And it's damn it's so damaging to my yeah. physical and mental health so much more my mental health and then i think my physical health comes with it because i know i know that on you know this time of the week like i have clients that i see every week so mm-hmm. i know that oh my gosh i hope i'm not bloated on tuesdays right. because i see my client then and if i go to work and if i don't go to the bathroom if i have what if i have to run to the bathroom or what if mm-hmm. the clothes don't fit me because i'm bloated i just go through these like same questions in my head and I literally will bring myself to panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's honestly one of the reasons why I decided to go to school is because I'm like, I can't put my body through this. Obviously, right. I think I would have quit anyways, the industry and moved on because I'm so passionate about this work and I want to mm-hmm. find myself pursuing this work 100%, mm-hmm. not 50% like I'm doing now. But yeah, I think the timing was really interesting because and 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 people like I've had therapists and I've had Rio say, No, you don't look bloated. It's all in your head, or you know, he doesn't say that to me, but he said things like, You don't look bloated, like you can go to work, you you mm-hmm. look fine, I promise. I promise. But you feel, but I feel it. it. I feel the same and way. It's in my head. And then what yeah. happens is I get stressed and then I get more bloated or I get yes, more. Correct. Like the inflammation, I get very inflamed in my gut and I experience the same thing like when I want to shoot content, Mm -hmm. right? Like I legit go, your clothes do fit painfully differently when Mm -hmm. you haven't pooped yet. Mm -hmm. It's like night and day, at least for people with IBS, because I'm like very, very much an inflamed gut type of person. Mm -hmm. And so, but I'm really proud of you, Kate. I think that's so important. And I do really appreciate your not even a positive spin on having IBS and these digestive issues. Like the genuine truth of it is I have found it to be a gift because if I didn't have all these horrible symptoms, I would never, ever, ever repair my relationship with my gut and my body because I've just been dissociating forever. Totally. Like you don't have a choice anymore. You have to face it. And it's something Mm -hmm. that you need to build a relationship with. Like, how are you going to live with your head cut off? Totally. I I feel so strongly that any symptom we have in our body are messengers. They're just messengers. They're Mm-hmm. I like to think of them as divine messengers, but that's a little woo-woo. But I, I really think that they <laughs> – I, like, I love that. <laughs> we honestly, I'm just being, though, I kind of like your woo-woo-ness, out. though, because I'm a very much non-woo-woo. Oh, and I really? kind of feel like I need more of that in a way to balance out, like feeling more 
at peace with certain things. There is such a nice part of looking at things in the way that you do, which is way more grounded, connected. And the woo-woo stuff is honestly just bringing light to your life in a lot of ways. It totally is. I I can't imagine life without feeling that there is some sort of higher power or some sort of like energy that's, Mm -hmm. you know, not necessarily guiding my life. But I mean, I do really think that even internally in my body, symptoms that are unwanted are just messengers and they are Mm. just a part of your story and something needs to change. And if you are actively working to change that, then you're doing enough, you know, and a lot of times time is such a healer and I don't know what came first, my IBS or my eating disorder. Mm. I'm sure they weren't, you know, like exclusive to each other. You know, they Mm. both played into each other. And that's okay. You know, that's okay for me. And of course I cry about it and I get sad about it. And, you know, I'm on my period right now and IBS Uh, and your period, it's the worst. It's like, why can I catch a break? Yeah, Kate. And also I love what you said about how, because I'm not the type of person who is like higher power energy. I think it's also probably because I went to Catholic school and Christian school for a long, long time. And my family's not even religious. We just, you know, it was just close to my house, you know, like, you know, the school was down the street and it was Uh actually an all Chinese school, which was very interesting. Wow. Yeah, it was a Chinese Catholic school. Very non-Catholic. I know. And I also didn't speak Chinese because my dad's Japanese. And my parents both were born here. So I just felt like a complete alien. Also, don't know if a Chinese Catholic school would ever be allowed now. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm not Chinese, obviously. So I'm like, oh, that exists? Yeah, I know, right? It was in Chinatown, everyone. So it wasn't that weird. It was in Chinatown in Chicago. But what I was going to say is I feel like because I – almost have a more cynical view of life because I don't honestly believe I haven't historically believed in anything else not being my fault. So it is kind of nice sometimes when you think of other forces in life and everything being connected, because when you have digestive issues like this and you're dealing with every day, you're so highly fixated on it Mm -hmm. and you feel guilt and shame and anger all the time. And you get stuck in your own cycle of feeling like this is the whole planet. This is my Mm -hmm. only reality. And I know that, you know, with an eating disorder, it has that same thing. You just kind of make it your whole sphere. So when you finally talk to your parents you mm-hmm. gave them the bare minimum info. Do you, do you remember what you had said to them? Yeah. Well, I just told my mom, my mom is amazing and she's very empathetic. So mm. everything I've ever go- gone to her with symptoms of, of whatever, she's always like, oh my gosh, I've been there, baby. Like, let's take mm. care of this. She's so sweet. So I told her I was constipated and having IBS symptoms. Like I told mm-hmm. her I was having diarrhea and constipation and I didn't tell her I was uh, bulimic or um, abusing laxative sometimes. That would have been some key information <laughs> for my doctor. But of course, I know I, I, like, I, I just want to get, just get the magic fix yes. pill that means I can still pursue my disordered habits and eating disorder, but I can get better with it. Like it, yes. I just, it didn't make sense. It doesn't make sense now. 
No, but, but it's that's what we all do, right? Even when we go to our therapist, we'll tell them everything about one thing and then we won't tell them. But actually, I've been texting him all day. Like things yeah. like that where you're like, oh my God, he's terrible. But you can't give them the one thing that'll make you have to change your behaviors. Totally. Yeah. We're not ready to let go. We, we have to protect the eating disorder mm-hmm. uh, even though it doesn't serve us. So I <laughs> – well, it does, but not I know what run. you mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> So I didn't even tell my doctor that either. I was like, yeah, I'm just not doing well. So I had a colonoscopy. I had an endoscopy. I had, um, I don't even know. I had a lot of- So a colonoscopy, everyone, is like a tube that goes inside your butthole to like Mm -hmm. inspect the colon to see if there's like polyps, any like bleeding, inflammation, Mm -hmm. things that will signal things like the most severe would be colon cancer, but you can see so many other digestive issues like uh, Crohn's by mm-hmm. the doctor looking inside your colon, like if there's any like spots, bumps, uh, inflammation. And then an endoscopy is when they go through your nose hole and then go down through your throat and esophagus to it's see, right? Right. And those are things I did too. And um, I also did something, I don't know if you ever heard of this, Kate, but I wish I knew I had IBS way before because first I was diagnosed with GERD, which is gastroesophageal Mm -hmm. reflux disease, which is like acid buildup and thing. The, when you eat, uh, acid will go up into your chest. So it kind of burns. And then I also had acid reflux diagnosed to me too, uh, because (laughs) I have a funny story Mm -hmm. in my freshman year of college. I had like a slice of pizza, which I'd eaten many times in my life. But for some reason, I think my acid reflux finally just came to a head. My stomach was burning so much and it was so distended. I was freaking out and I made my sister. She was a year older than me. She was a sophomore in college. She luckily had a car. She drove me to the ER and poor thing had an exam the next day and she had to sit with me at the ER all for them to just say, here's some Pepto-Bismol. You have acid reflux. Worst. You've you've been there so many times in that situation. Oh, I know. Um, But one other test that I don't know if you've ever heard of this, Kate, it's called the 24-hour pH. So I wish I had known I had IBS because it just means ultra sensitivity. I had a tube up my nose that went into my chest for a 24-hour period that was connected to this monitor. And it's cool, though, because you had to press the button every time you felt like pain. Oh, and, my god! And it registers also like what's going on inside. And they were saying it, it makes nothing bad's happening, but you're feeling pain. And this was years, years, years oh, ago. So I feel you. When you got your colonoscopy and your endoscopy, did it show nothing? So yeah, so I <laughs> of course. I actually you're making me realize, you're making me remember the actual stories that are happening. Mm-hmm. So I I did I did not abuse laxatives before I saw that doctor. <gasps> awesome that you realize that. Because and I I did know that. I just kind of forgot. Sometimes it gets blurry. But totally. I was binging and purging and I was starving myself. And I did have a tendency to be constipated. Same. But So for a colonoscopy, you have to take a lot of laxatives. So that's when I discovered laxatives. So actually, I know. So actually my GI experience, my GI doctor experience, I didn't tell him I had an eating disorder. I don't think he would have, I mean, I don't know what he would have done, but I remember eating, you can't eat anything for 24 hours or 12 Mm. hours or something. You have to take tons of Miralax. You have to take, only have like a couple Jolly Ranchers, like you just, it's really it's bad. It's like a gap. Okay, everyone. So when you go get your colonoscopy, um, your doctor will call in a prescription for this 
powder, which is essentially mm-hmm. Miralax, but like a bulk, bulk, bulk amount. And if you all don't know what Miralax is, Miralax is actually safe for daily use um, in a small dose for any mm-hmm. anyone, a children or an elder. It doesn't the hard part about Miralax is it has the word lax in it, so it can be triggering to people. But actually, what it does is it allows your colon to absorb liquid so that your stool is not as hard and you can pass it more easily. But anyway, what Kate is saying is that you have to drink like a gallon and a half of this stuff. And then you just – it's supposed to clear your body. It clears you. But see, you know what the crazy thing is for me? When I got my colonoscopy – it almost didn't work. And I wish like this was eight years ago. So my stomach was so distended. And that's when I realized now only in 2020 after uh, seeing, I finally with my gastroenterologist for years, I've been seeing them. They said, we don't know what's wrong. Still at this point, you need to see a colorectal surgeon. And they said, oh, you have pelvic floor dysfunction and dysynergenic defecation, which means your body literally doesn't register that there's poop there to drop. So with the, my stomach was so huge and I wasn't pooping. And for you, it cleared, it's supposed to clear you out pretty fast. Oh yeah. I was cleared. I was cleared (laughs) up. And, um, (laughs) I mean, yeah, not to get too TMI, but we already are there. But like, I couldn't tell People if I was want peeing, the TMI. if I was pooping. If totally. I'm just sitting on the toilet. I'm like, okay, well, right. something's coming out of me. I didn't have to do anything. Right. So I remember the next day, oh, this is so sad, but the next day before I went in for my surgery, it was like 6 a.m. I weighed myself. Oh, I was so dehydrated. No. Oh, like, you must have felt so dizzy and, and weird. I was like, oh my gosh, I weigh so little. Yeah. And that's when I was like, laxatives. So my, I had the colonoscopy, nothing was wrong with me. And I actually got sent pictures. They, they gave me pictures of my colon and I kept Yay, them in my bedside up. table. <gasps> wow. Now, so, so you're talking, so I'm remembering this. I'm feeling like I, I like manifested this digestive problem because I had like, I mean, whatever. So, but that can, so that's think, also part of this, right? Is yeah, a lot totally. of us realizing it's, it's, it's mental, emotional, physical, and, 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 gut issues are not always biologically like happening, which is the hardest thing to accept. Totally. It's so mental. I'm telling you, it's so mental. So mm. he was like, nothing is wrong with you. Um, but you here, he basically gave me like a prescription strength Miralax, whatever, mm-hmm. like a prescription for Miralax and this drug called Amatiza, which have you heard of that? I got so sick from trying it. Me too. Oh my gosh. Okay. I had panic attacks from Amatiza. I was literally, I was the first time. Let's tell everyone what it is. So Amatiza is a medicine. There's a class of medications for people with severe IBS constipation and they are to treat chronic idiopathic constipation, CIC. So there's this one called Amatiza, which Kate just told us about that she's tried. It's not very effective. (laughs) No, and, <laughs> it didn't work for me. No, and there's another one called True Lance. There's another one called Linzess, and these are only prescribed to people who have severe constipation, and you have to only get it from a doctor. And for anyone with a normal digestive system, I mean, this would make you blow ass. There's no way. But for us, <laughs> yes. we're like, just help me go normally. But Amatiza, what were your? You got panic attacks. So Amatiza like spazzes your colon. I know that's what it does, and it oh. tries to like. That's how it, I guess it works in in a very common person way to put it. Yeah. That's I got the flu symptoms from it. Oh, wow. And it was actually very common. I looked it up. 
I was dead for like wow. three days and I quit taking it. And then I tried Lenses, I tried True Lance, and that's when you realize, too. yeah, did it work for you? No, I tried no. it recently though. So Amatiza was the one I tried when I was really young. So I was in high school still. I was probably like a junior, uh, sophomore. And that was when my eating disorder was just, I mean, eating disorder was really bad. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just remember sitting on my bed and it wasn't working for me. So it also could have just been the panic attack could have just been like me panicking because it wasn't working after mm-hmm. a week. And um, I just lost it. I lost it. I cried and I went to my mom and I was like, I can't take this medicine anymore. It's so bad. And mm-hmm. so she was like, okay, stop taking it. You know, I don't want you to be like this. So I stopped taking it and I was just left with my symptoms and I was left with my digestive problems. It's not because my doctor didn't care about me, but he just didn't, I wasn't giving him the right information. I mean, really, I should have been seeing a therapist. I should have been in Mm -hmm. treatment, you know? So I, I just moved on with my life. And then that's when I really started to abuse laxatives more into like college and I was taking like the overnight laxatives and I was Mm. not functioning without them oh my poor body when I think about it Mm. it makes me so sad but you know it is what it is and so anyways I basically I had my eating disorder then I started my recovery Mm -hmm. and and what did that look like so I stopped taking laxatives basically when I moved to LA I remember moving to LA Thank I want you. everyone who uh, is right now, I'm sure there are people who have done that. I also know that there's definitely people contemplating doing that. I think mm-hmm. there's definitely people who, when you hear about how things function, you want to try it. I'm not going to say that you can't. I'm saying that the only reason Kate and I are talking this way is because we're trying to tell you that there's no quick fixes and all these things do further damage. And you know, the thing that's the biggest truth that helps me a lot is abusive laxatives can cause permanent damage to your colon, which means you will not be able to poop even with them. And for your whole life, that's irreversible a lot of the time. It's really, really scary. We're not trying to scare you all. It's just, we really discourage without medical supervision of the use of laxatives because those are okay too. But you need to be honest with yourself and your doctor about exactly the dosages you are doing because a lot of people also do need to take them. But Mm -hmm. all of us who have been doing them in the past weren't telling anybody. No. So it's not like you can't do them, but you can't hide it. Go on. Sorry. I just, it's like a real thing. It's a real thing. And I think a lot of, to just speak on that, as a teenager, I did not think about the, my consequences for my future. No. And as an, as an adult, I do. I think about the things I'm doing now that will affect me in my future. And obviously that's hard when you're a teenager. I think it's harder for people. But if you are kind of younger and you're not into your adult life, just Mm -hmm. yet and you're taking laxatives like really sit with that and really think about wow this is going to affect me for potentially a long time Mm -hmm. and it's not to scare you like kelly said it's just like be aware of what you're doing Mm -hmm. and really be honest with yourself and with the people around you okay yes well the best part about this too is what we're discovering too whether it be the eating disorder or the reactionary things we do i love when you said that you were just so reactive yeah and and The reason why 
Kate, what Kate and I are trying to do now is not be reactive to all these issues is sitting with the discomfort a lot. You know, when you feel guilty for eating, you'll do something like getting rid of it in some kind of way, right? You feel guilty or you feel like you're too bloated. You want to fix it right away. That's what gets you really stuck in the addiction cycles of behaviors in general. Like we Mm -hmm. feel uncomfortable. We call a friend to completely distract us. There's, there's healthy ways to do stuff and there aren't. Mm -hmm. And it's not wrong to want to find solutions, but sometimes you just got to sit in it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think a lot of people with eating disorders really, really think about that fact that, oh, this is just, there's something else here. When I had an eating disorder, I thought, no, there is not. I just want to be thin. Yes. No, I didn't think, I didn't believe other people. No. When they were like, you're just trying to get control. There's something else wrong. I didn't even want to hear that. So I didn't even allow that to permeate into my existence. Correct. But I, it's true. I mean, it's totally true. And whenever we do something, first of all, a lot of times, like my laxative abuse and my binging and purging and my whatever else other behaviors I was doing, they were habitual and ritualistic like we talked about. Mm -hmm. And they did serve me and I would bottle up all my feelings and I knew that was the one thing I could do. I could take laxatives. It could just erase, you know, after I'd binged and purged or after I'd binged and I knew, oh shoot, I have all this food in my body and what am I going to do right now? You know, I would do laxatives as a Band-Aid. And it was just this really bad habit. There's positive habits and there's negative habits. Mm-hmm. And positive habits are ones that they're not that fun to do. They're not fun to sit with, but eventually they'll become habitual mm-hmm. and they're really good for us. So that's things like stretching. You know, It's mm-hmm. like, I don't really want to stretch, but if I do it every day, eventually I'll get used to it. I'll enjoy it. And it's good for me. And there's right. negative habits like smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. That is something that will cause you instant gratification, just like all bad habits will cause you instant gratification, but the long-term consequences will not serve you. Yeah. So that's really what my laxatives, my eating disorder was in general. It was just these moments of instant gratification. Then it was me trying to like make up for it and trying to fix it the next day. So I really... You know, I really just was so – it was just a bad routine that I was in. Right. And my body was really struggling and suffering. Right. And the um, win of all of this is realizing that the relief we keep thinking it gives us, it genuinely isn't relief. And it's so hard to, to really believe that. You never are relieved, right? It's a goal that you keep trying to hit, which is like, I just need to empty out. I just need to be free. I just need to not have all these feelings and, and, and guilt and whatnot. So instead of doing that, for example, now, Kate, when you said stretching, I really realized too, when I'm really gassy or uh, constipated, the most painful thing to do is like stretching out my abdomen or mm. going for a walk. But mm-hmm. I do it because what what is your body doing? It's tight. The the gut's not moving around. You have to move it around. And those are the moments of discomfort that are still challenging for me. But I'll be like, let's go for a walk. And mm-hmm. it can be sometimes you like literally can't even breathe because you're so constipated. But do you ever have those moments where like it's still challenging for you, but you'll do it? Yeah. I mean, I I actually really enjoy so my body, I think our symptoms present differently because I really mm-hmm. enjoy 
stretching and moving my body. I mean, it does depend on how I'm how only I, I meant just yeah, I just meant like when you're constipated yeah. and you want to just sit in it and be like, I can't move, I'm in pain. I know it, it'll help yeah. you if you don't just sit yeah, there. Totally, it's good to get some movement in and to tell your body that it's alive. You're like, okay, yes. let's go. <laughs> yeah. So I totally love that you said that. Some things that I do that help me are more like mental exercises. Like, oh, oh teach me. Let's go. Tell me. I just box breathing. Box breathing is something I do. It's when you breathe in for four seconds. Okay. You hold at the top for four seconds. You breathe out for four seconds. You hold at the bottom for four seconds. So oh. it's just four seconds in. Four second hold, four second release, four second hold. Uh, it's just like a – you can imagine doing it like a box. Oh, my God. Like okay. Up. I'm literally going to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's actually like a military tactic that have proven has proven that it really helps reduce stress a lot. So sometimes I'll, I'll turn on like binaural beats. I'll turn on some music that feels mm-hmm. like engaging to my brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'll do box breathing. Sometimes I'll even have like a hot water bottle. I'll just lay in the sun somewhere in my apartment where it's sunny mm. and I just try so hard to ground myself and get out of my head because the more I think about my symptoms, the worse I'll feel, the more I think, oh my gosh, like this sucks, this sucks, like I'm in pain, the worse I'll feel. So I really just try and sit with it and just talk to myself mm-hmm. in a more gentle way and say, say things to my body like if I can like I know you're doing a good job like I know that you're trying your best and really like mothering myself yeah and reparenting my body and my brain to love myself because this like I said this is a messenger this is just me um talking to my body there's just information happening and I just have to digest it pun intended. I just have to really digest what's going on. And there's clearly trauma that lives inside of my body somewhere in my gut Mm -hmm. that needs fixing. So I really just try and ground myself and do more of like a meditative moment. And yeah, then I'll I'll really be like, okay, I was going to do yoga today, or I was going to do like a workout, or I was going to go see a friend. And I have to accept the fact that I'm going to cancel some plans today. Mm-hmm. But I know I've surrounded myself with people who love me and support me and know my situation so I can t- call my friend up that I was meant to see and I can be like, "Hey, girl, I can't see you today cuz I'm I don't feel very great." And that person loves me through it and they're like, "Oh, I hope you feel so much better. I'll be thinking of you." And I'm like, "Yes." So that's a good tip just having that support around you so that you know that you don't feel bad about canceling. And also being honest and transparent Mm -hmm. and inviting people into your struggle and your story, because I think a lot of us feel very scared to cancel plans and then you'll lie, Mm -hmm. which no one ever wants to hear a lie. And everyone is so smart. Like you're never going to get away with like a lie being like, oh, my, my, my something happened. Like it's it makes you feel more alone with those symptoms and how mm. nice is it when you go i'm just having a horrible digestive day and i feel sick yeah and honestly i used to be a chronic white liar because Same. of my eating disorder and it used to make me feel like shit and i really think that that's something that you could really work on and it would really help you just to be more honest with yourself mm-hmm. if you have that i mean no shame it's something that we've all been through i think i mean all of us but a lot of us 
So mm. it's it's okay, but I really think it's something that could really free you up. Um, but anyways, yeah, those are some things. And, and just, you know, being honest with myself and saying, I'm just going to have a moment or a day where I just need to recharge and I need to relax. And, you know, why do we get sick? We get sick because we caught something. And the reason we're symptomatic is because we're not meant to go out and work and do all these things. If you catch a cold, that's bad. Or if you catch a flu, whatever, or if you have food poisoning, you're not meant to go out and function normally. You are meant to, to heal your body. You're meant to sleep. You're meant to drink mm-hmm. more water. You're meant to relax. That's the same thing if you have a digestive issue. You're meant to just be more gentle with yourself. So really give yourself grace and just remember that it's temporary and this isn't your homeostasis. This isn't like where your body necessarily wants to be. If you're in pain, this is just a messenger. So I try and just do more mental stuff. But of course, there are things like I use a hot water bottle or I'll um, do like a self-massage if that feels good mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, yeah, those are like the things I, I think are really keep and don't skip meals don't skip meals yes right that is literally bad i mean your digestive system needs that consistency to be able to wake up so don't skip yes. your meals even if you have a you know if you're like i'm in pain i can't eat a meal well that's that's a narrative you can get out of your mind you can say i'm in pain i can eat maybe a little bit of a smaller meal a meal that's simpler like i know i can digest this like some rice or some eggs mm-hmm. or something that's like a little bit easier on your stomach oh you, you... just said my two favorites those <laughs> like my staples is rice yeah. and eggs rice and um, eggs are easy to digest it's so good and that is one hard truth that um, i've i constantly work on which is the your digestive system doesn't work if you don't eat So if you wake up and you're very, very full and you're also very constipated, unfortunately, your colon and your intestines aren't going to move around really unless you put something else in there to start it. Um, We we really think sometimes we're not humans and we're alien aliens when we have issues like this, but your body still does register musculature like movements of something going in it does hit a signal so if that encourages any of you to not skip meals that is the one thing that keeps me going is when I wake up you know because I was anorexic for so many years and then I did binging and restricting for so long breakfast was like no 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 but I wake up knowing oh this will help me hopefully poop today Mm -hmm. Um, and I love what you said about the hot water bottle I am in love with my heating pad I just got one from Amazon a long long time ago I use it every day I'll just lay with it on me because it helps you also um, if you do have a hypersensitive system the heat distracts you in a nice way not to not to make you dissociate but it's like if you are that sensitive, you don't want to be feeling it all the time. And the heat is so nice. It's so nice. It feels like a hug. Yes. Internal hug. And that's mm-hmm. that's why we hug people. You know, we need to connect. I so know. It's a, good, it's a good connector for sure. Yeah, yes. I love that. And hey. I, I wanted to say this really quick because I keep forgetting and I keep remembering. Please do. But so our health problems – this is like kind of hard to think, digest. <laughs> I keep saying I that love word. it. Keep using the pun. <laughs> but I want to, I'm going to get kind of meta here, even though I'm already meta. I'm okay. going to get a little bit more. So we all, we're, we're individuals, but we are in a larger humanity. We live and exist in a collective. Sometimes that's not very obvious because of the situations of our world that are unfortunate, but 
in general, we are meant to live as a collective and we share experiences, we share stories. And we don't just share stories, we share problems. You know, we have people that we connect with because we share problems, we share suffering. Mm-hmm. And your IBS and my IBS are is a shared common issue. Eating disorder, same thing. It's a shared issue that is not our faults. And it's not your fault if you're listening, because there are so many other people's opinions. And, you know, maybe this is not to blame anyone, but maybe you had, maybe I had an eating disorder because my grandma had an eating disorder and I didn't know, and I don't know that, but we, we pat through epigenetics as well. We passed down um, these situations and these stories and look around like it's really hard to be in a body right now in 2021 because of so many things your skin color your gender identity your sexual identity your i know having small boobs versus big boobs like it's all so much it's so much and so we share these concerns so i just want you to also if anyone's out there and they feel so alone this is not just you it's not your fault um Maybe, you know, you have to take some accountability as far as I'm maintaining my disorder, but take a deep breath because this is a communal and shared problem, you know? Mm. So I just wanted to say that because that's something too. When I get into my head, I think, wow, this is my fault. This is my body. This is my problem. It's not. It's not my problem. This is a problem that's around us in our world that is personalizing itself into me. It's manifesting itself into me because of my situation. And I have to be grateful for that because if I heal, when I heal, I can share just like we're doing now. I can share my story and help other people and help heal this on on a world view, not just inside of my own body, but really heal to other people, you know? And that's really important. That's really good. Mm. So don't take your suffering as oh my gosh, when I get over this, I'm never going to think about it again. Like, no, you're going to impact other people really greatly in your life. And so that looks like a lot of different things, but my TED talk is done. (laughs) Thank you, Kate. And that's, uh, this is the, what you said was by not talking about it, not sharing is what I did for so long with my therapist too. Like this mm-hmm. is something that impacts me every single second of every day, right? Mm-hmm. And I never wanted to talk about it with my own therapist that I've had for years. And um, I finally did, but I hated talking about it so much because, yeah, I felt like it was my fault and I felt like it was never going to get better. And it feels like, Sometimes when we process the things that we need so badly to talk about, it's terrifying because then you make it more real, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't want it to be more real, but you're holding so much pain and tension and guilt inside. And the best thing my therapist, she said to me, I basically just said, I don't like talking about it because it's all my fault. And she said, no, it's really not. And no one's ever said that to me because I've never talked to anybody like that. And everything you just said legit just echoes everything that we forget. We deserve warmth 
and conversation, kindness, and love regarding something that feels endless, honestly. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's why we just clam up so hard Mm-hmm. Because we feel like there's no point. Have you ever? I, I, I a totally. lot of times I just think, what, what the fuck's the point in talking about it? Yeah, what's the point? It's not going to get. There's a, there's a despair and a hopelessness mm-hmm. that lives right next to the trauma in my yeah. body. And yeah, if I let it be activated, it's there. I mean, yeah. I can't escape it. If I feel, if I let it in, if I let the hopelessness sink in, then it sucks. You know, I feel really down. Yeah. Um, And that's not what's going to happen when you talk about it. When you talk about it, you feel held finally. You feel like someone else can empathize. You feel like um, you're not just burdened alone. And so I really want you all to to know that it's not going to be a burden for you to express this to people in your life. Maybe there are some certain people that will not be able to hold space for you, but don't immediately believe that you will be a burden to open up about this. Anyone I've ever talked to, any of my friends, my family, they legit will just check in and be like, how's your pooping going? Yeah. Right? And I don't even invite that. I go, I don't want to talk about it. But even if I react that way, I feel so seen and cared for that they ask because Mm -hmm. I let them, I I told them about it. Mm -hmm. Totally. Vent here. This is the part of the show where we react to your events and I absolutely love giving you all the space to share what you're feeling, what you're going through right now, anything that might be bugging you or something really cool that's gone on in your life. We are going to react and respond right now. I have um, some really wild IBS stories from my, our listeners and I, yes. yes. So I asked in my Instagram stories, you know, you can put that little question box, send me your wildest poop stories. And so I'm going to read them to Kate and she's going to react. (laughs) This is like a, what is the reaction video? Here we go. (laughs) I know. Okay. All right. Finally. Um, first one, dad Mm -hmm. once plunged a hotel toilet with a plastic water bottle after I pooped after a week of nothing <laughs> then, she, then they go IBS year <laughs> I know how do you plunge a toilet with a plastic water bottle ew dad thank I you I know I I'm proud of your dad I'm proud of you I'm proud of the water bottle and have you ever have you ever had an so overflowing no toilet? Tells. Have you ever have you ever clogged a toilet? I actually just did this last week with my mom. I was staying with my mom and she was asleep because it was really early in the morning. The toilet was legit overflowing, Kate. And I went into a room really quietly to get the plunger from her bathroom. And it, she has a dog. And I was like, I was like, get out, get out. I need to close the door. And oh my God. Oh my gosh. Did you figure it out? Yeah. I don't usually clog toilets because um it's not a normal thing. Don't worry. It's not. No, no, no. It's, I mean, it happens. Our plumbing is really bad here. Like we live in a pretty old, pretty old place. So like the water pressure is really bad. It's so fun mm. taking showers here. No, it is. It's uh, fine. I'm grateful, but, uh, you know, it's not great. And so I've had people clog my toilets. Oh, uh, how awkward for that person. Even though it's not awkward, you just feel it's, terrible. Yeah, yeah. But okay. we have a plunger, so it's in there. So if oh. they want to use it without me even knowing, then sure, it's fine. You know? And then there's like a wet plunger because they tried to like run it under hot know, water like, and then wipe oh it God, with your here. towel. <laughs> okay, the next one. All right. This person says, all right, buckle up. 
I'm very lactose intolerant. Accidentally consumed lactose in salt and vinegar chips. Do you know what happens when your body produces equal parts of diarrhea and gas? Foam. I shit foam. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I wish you all could see Kate's face. That's so disgusting. I have no, I have nothing else to say except gross. Yes. I mean, that's fine enough. Let's okay, go to the next let's one. Let's move on. I don't want to think about that. Nope. Sorry, girl. It sucks for you. We're not but... saying you're gross. We're saying that must have been gross for you to experience. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for we're sure. like, I'm sorry you are for you. Beautiful, yeah. spiritual woman, person. <laughs> I don't know what you are, but you are wonderful. So next one. Yeah. Okay. This person says, I, I have IBS. And I shit on him during sex. He was surprisingly <gasps> chill about it. I cried. Oh, I would probably cry too. <laughs> I'm I, not being very supportive in these situations. That's we want your honest reactions. Okay. Also, you know what pisses me off though is that this person had to say, and I don't know if you've ever, you know, been in a situation like this, but we had to say he was surprisingly chill, as if as if they would be okay for them to not be. Yeah. I guess it depends on, yeah, I mean, it makes sense though, because I can imagine that situation, I would be mortified and I would be waiting for this person to be like, well, I mean, it would be my husband because I'm married, but I'd be like waiting, like, uh, (laughs) like what's going to happen? That's good for that person. I hope that they're, I hope that they're together. Having fun, non-shit sex. (laughs) Yeah. Next one. When I was six to 16, I had a poop knife we had to keep in the bathroom for me because they were that big. Wait, I'm sorry. I don't get it. <laughs> like, I, I, I guess there's something that's legit. Knife. Like, you can buy a, a, a knife that's specifically for poop. Like, I, I looked, someone looked it up and told me because I said, what? Yeah, I don't know. Last one. I was on antibiotics for strep throat and went to the bathroom in an airport squatting because ill, like the toilet. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I tried to push some poop out and nothing came out. I turned around and had actually shit all over the wall and toilet and floor. I got diarrhea from the meds. Wait, that person didn't know they had diarrhea? I, they they legit thought I tried and nothing came out and they turned around and it was all over the wall and the floor. I would – I – must have a more sensitive butthole. Same. I think I would know. But I mean, wow. I know. Well, at least it wasn't in their own bathroom. I know. I wonder if they took a bunch of just wads of toilet paper I would and do cleaned that. it. Yeah, I would try and clean it up. That would have been oh scary. Gosh. That makes me imagine. feel like I don't – like hearing these stories, yeah, it makes me feel better. I mean, those are horrifying <laughs> horrifying stories i'm so sorry for everyone i'm glad that everyone's been able to clearly work through those experiences because they were able to share them yes Ugh. i love that you're like so open with your instagram followers because yeah you've really cultivated a space for not only for you to heal but for people who look up to you and like have that like even me following you i feel so much better just mm-hmm. about my stuff because the next three posts I'll see are these, you know, models I follow. I mean, I don't follow many models, but, you know, people I follow in their beautiful clothes looking not bloated mm-hmm. at all. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. I mean, they look beautiful, but, yeah. you know, it's hard sometimes to 
exist. I know. Yes. Do you ever feel like there is pressure? Like once you started talking about it though, because I'm sure the responses you get are just so sweet and like, oh, you make me feel really seen and supported. I struggle a lot with, you know, after I really just went hard in the pain opening up about it last year, you know, I did surgery, I did Botox injections, I went to see a colorectal surgeon, I was documenting it so much. And then I honestly just got really fatigued and and it hasn't gotten any better. And I just don't really like talking about it, which makes me feel guilty because even um, today, someone messaged me saying that they watched my IGTV videos that went up, oh my God, a year ago. And it makes me feel guilty for just, I don't know, being more private about stuff when you feel like people need to hear it. Look, I'm all about that those boundaries that you're setting for yourself because just because you're like an Instagram influencer mm-hmm. who has talked about this stuff before, doesn't mean that you aren't allowed to have like authority over your own life and mm-hmm. set boundaries for yourself. I mean, that's a really, really good thing that you're doing. I mean, I totally relate to that because people DM me and they'll be like, I missed you so much on YouTube. Like your YouTube videos were <sighs> yeah. the reason I started following you. Like, please come back. And at first I'm mad. I'm like, this person, like these people, like I set these boundaries and then I'm grateful. And then I'm like, you know, I just DM them back and I'm like, oh, I'm just taking a break. I'm, you know, nice Mm -hmm. about it and stuff. But yeah, I get that. I get those feelings of feeling guilty, but yeah, we're all human. Like you're not any more or less human than the person who's asking you for help and they're not sharing. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just about protecting yourself and I just think you're navigating your mental health in a really positive way and that same same goes for other people you don't have to share you can share as much as you want to share with people obviously don't feel alone and don't Mm -hmm. suffer alone but yeah you don't have to tell the whole world everything all the time I know. Isn't that so interesting about the things that we do, though? And I've talked to a lot of other people who, you know, are quote unquote influencers. And it's this really interesting thing that we've realized over the years about how bizarre it is of what we do, because I personally know that I treated Instagram like a diary because I didn't ever talk to myself. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't tell people my personal life, my issues. So now that I mostly just deal with things with my therapist, with myself or with people in real life, it's actually weird that I don't want to tell everyone everything on my phone. Do you ever get that? Do you Mm -hmm. ever feel like I, you know, it's sad. It's almost like you wish you could go back to that place of like wanting to do it. Isn't that, that's not healthy though. Sometimes I think about just deleting my social media and like going and getting a corporate job I mean not I don't want to go to corporate, just like but, a know, job getting, that you can yeah. be comfortable in your life yeah and just being like well what would that be like I think about that sometimes um but really I'm trying to work on navigating the middle ground of that Same. and just not being as active on social media and just being okay with it even yeah. though literally I'm like today I'm I don't have anything planned to post and I'm like freaking doing like hyperventilating over here now I'm just oh, like know. oh no what am I gonna do I'm gonna lose followers this and that and then I'm like yeah chill like you need to take a chill and just be a human and people aren't thinking about you like you think yeah, they are I know well I, I'll tell you something I haven't posted in eight eight or nine days and that's See, crazy and I'm not long. thinking about that I, don't I even know. know that about you I'm thinking I know about my own stuff I know it's and- like when you go to the gym I mean not saying you have to go to the gym I don't go to the gym but people are always like People are always looking at me. And I'm like, people, oh. are, especially in LA, people are looking at themselves. Like, trust me, people are. Looking at me. 
Yeah, I think the best thing about talking to you is that I wish that you were here in my real life. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Have you ever considered moving to Los Angeles? Yeah, it's warm. Oh, let me tell you. Okay, so my plan literally was to move there this fall. <gasps> but really? yeah, so right now for you all listening, if you don't know what day it is, we are in almost summer of 2021. Um, and I was getting, it was very much motivated by, you know, I've lived in Chicago. I've lived in Illinois. I went to college here for so long. The weather is horrible, but you know, I grew up here. That's all I know. And it's people, my family and friends. And I was so dealing with seasonal depression though. So I was like, I want to move to a warm place. Um, but then, you know, it's not that I, I will in the future, but I realized too, how overwhelming it would be to like, do that costly and also starting all over but I like I'm going to and I think that's a big deal for a lot of us to like you don't have to do it now but I highly suggest you let yourself know that you will that's that's wonderful I'm so proud of you I really think that I mean it's different for Chicago I grew up in the Midwest I know how yeah I know how the weather gets in Chicago it's you're from Indiana Yeah, right? Indiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what what age did you move to LA? Twenty. Damn. And you're how old now? Twenty six. Oh my god, I just love that we're so close in age. I feel like a lot of people are like twenty three, twenty one, who are in this space, and and it's just it's not that age matters, but sometimes you do feel like, well, you know, I don't know, some kind of I kinship. Know. I feel like I'm still twenty two. I'm like, Same. am I ever gonna not feel like that? <gasps> Wait. Kate. 22 is this like age where you kind of just stay at yes. like until you're like 30, I think. I was just hanging out with my um, high school ex-boyfriend. He and I are like best, best friends. That's cute. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I wish that, I mean, I don't need to be friends with my high school ex-boyfriend. No, but. he's the only ex I'm friends with. The other ones are are, are the devils. Um, mm-hmm. But we were Bye-bye. saying that, you know, he's about to be 30 because he was a year older and we both legit definitely do not look more than 22 and it's not even about looks it's just like you have an energy of a young person Mm -hmm. and I it's not about the fear of getting old is I don't feel like I am my age which makes me uncomfortable me too but then I think like oh make it makes sense that I'm 26 like I feel like I'm living life like a 26 year old but yeah there's like this this pocket of energy that lives in me that hasn't been able to come out for a while because of coronavirus because it's that 22 year old girl who's like I just want to go out and I don't know why my voice is changing, but I just want to go no, out it's and okay. like be free and blah, 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 which I think as a 26 year old, you can totally do. Yes. This is all just stigma. Like, can we just like, can we restart? <laughs> I know. Well, also I think a big part of it is because you have, we both have suffered from living a very isolated controlled life, whether it was just in your mind with the eating disorder stuff, digestive stuff. So sometimes at this age is why we feel like we're just now enjoying the younger twenties because it was so clouded. I know I tell myself this and I feel this all the time. I resonate more with my, I don't know, eight-year-old self than I do with my 22-year-old self at this moment Mm -hmm. of my life, 26 years old. I can look back to my childhood pre-eating disorder, pre, but I think everyone can, right? Because what happens as we get older is we grow up in this beautiful childhood. Well, maybe it's not beautiful. I mean, everyone has their their shit, but like as children, we typically are very present with our Mm -hmm. world. You can look at a child and they will 
you know, they'll look down at a rock and they'll play, they'll poke a rock and they'll play with bugs. And in our minds, we're like, what the fuck are they doing? They're just right. sitting there like, like, you're like, come on, like, let's move. Like, let's do our thing. But it's actually when you stop and think about it, it's so beautiful because they're just so present and enjoying life and they're free. And then somewhere along the the growing up, you know, we feel like we're all of a sudden alone in this world and we don't have, um, you know, life just catches up to us, I guess. And we lose yes. that sense of freedom. And I really think that, I think that it's our jobs as adults to constantly like fight that and go back to that place where we can just be free and just be, find that little child within us that is free and loves life and present. I don't know how to do it, but. (laughs) Well, I think here, here is something that I've realized. Oh my gosh. What you just said exploded my brain to also connect it with this is um, I've always been super in love with Instagram, social media posting. It never felt stressful to me. I always, when people said, oh, it made them feel, uh, everyone struggles with the comparison stuff, but I just didn't get it that much. I was like, I just like creating. I'm on here. It's fun connecting. But now that I am connecting to actually connecting as as a real person in my real surroundings, getting on the phone and posting stuff feels completely bizarre. So when I wasn't present at all and didn't want to be grounded in my life, Instagram was never weird to me. Mm-hmm. Why does it feel weird to I us it. now? I get it. Because I'm of that. You. Yeah, it's because we're like meeting ourselves. It's because we're being authentically ourselves and there's something there's something about us that makes us uncomfortable. There's some sort of imposter syndrome or some sort of yeah. thing that makes us feel like we're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And that's sad, you know? I, I really think it's important too. This is kind of like backtracking, but anytime, anytime I say like you need to feel your feelings, people get so scared because they don't want to feel their feelings and they don't want to open those doors. But I like to think of it more like you just need to meet your feelings. You just need to see them. You don't have to go and feel them. You don't have to go into the depths of, of, you know, sadness or a situation that happened in your life and literally feel it. Mm-hmm. You can meet your feelings and just be aware of them and understand them and relate to them. Oh, oh my gosh, Kate. Well, I love that. Needs to be, to <laughs> you, na- you do, <laughs> you do, you do know how to do it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Look at me go. You do know. And you need to make that your official tagline. Somehow, like meeting instead of feel like that is something that whoa, okay. I just had a woman with that. And also, the thing about meeting your feelings is you're you're just ignoring, like, without doing that, you're ignoring what's already there. It's not like you're going to be creating something, they already there, they already taking up so much space inside of us. Mm-hmm. How much more energy are you taking trying to push it down and ignore them? It's 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 truly exhausting, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't take credit for that because I am reading a book called, I have to shout her out. I think it's by Mary O'Malley. It's called The Gift of Our Compulsions. So I can't Ooh. take credit for the tagline, but I will shout her out. But yeah, thank you so much. You're right. I mean, and that was beautiful. Kate, just, I love it, you. It's such a, it's such a it. habit to yes. like go and degrade yourself or whatever, oh. you know. I know. And actually, if anyone hasn't seen Bo Burnham's Inside Netflix special. Oh my gosh, I'm watching that now. It is so funny. How have you you not finished it? I haven't finished it either. I've only watched half of it. That's so interesting, though, that you say it's so funny. I'm crying. I'm like, it's making me 
question everything about what yeah, I that's, do. That's true. That, that <laughs> I mean, too. he is he is so brilliant. If you all haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. Bo Burnham is so young. He create he shot, filmed, edited, and produced this special on his own. He's such a musically talented person. Basically, the special is kind of talking about like h- how do we just live this life of being on um, our phones and media, and and we're just all feeling really isolated and alone and we just keep doing it Mm -hmm. and I just I look at it and and still go the fascinating thing about that though is he still spent so much time creating a piece of content for other people to watch I know right right? so that's he gets it though he's like that's the point it's like I still do it too it's so interesting I know it's so weird I can't wait for you to finish it me too I'm so excited Kate Thank you so much for talking to me on such a real level. Thank you for letting us into your journey. There's so many people that are feeling everything we're both feeling. And I know it has gotten a lot easier for us to talk about this stuff, but it's still something that requires a big bit of an opening. And I really appreciate you. I appreciate you so much. You have no idea. I I, you're a soul, you're a soul girl to me because I feel like I've known you forever and we were literally only just recently really met. I know. And it's been, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like it's been, it's deep and it's real. So thank you so much. I cannot wait for your podcast and I feel so honored that I was on it. Oh Oh my my gosh. gosh. I feel so honored for you to talk about it with me because like I said, I don't know anyone else in my real sphere that has dealt with a lot of stuff like this can you tell everyone where you want them to find you because you need more kate in your life right now (laughs) yes so i have a podcast it's called take the cake such a good name i can't get over it thank you sorry say it again i interrupted that's okay it's called take the cake with kate noel (laughs) it's so good and i actually thought of it when i was I had did shot a commercial and it was on set and it was so early in the morning. And like, if, if you've ever been on set or in a commercial, yeah. it's just a lot of waiting. You just wait around. Yep. And I didn't have internet service that day. Cause we were like in a basement mm. in the club. I don't know. It was pre COVID. And so I just had a pencil and a, and a paper and I just wrote down every potential it was hours and hours of writing down all these names. And then I circled, take the cake twice and I had some others one circled and I just stared at it I was like this is it anyways wow so thank you so much it was a it was a long process to come up with the name but yeah and then Kate Noel underscore underscore on Instagram so yeah. at Kate Noel. and uh I do have a YouTube channel but it's a little bit dormant at the moment but you can just find me by searching Kate Noel on YouTube if you want to find my old videos and um I'll make some videos in the future too No, all of your content is amazing. And I want to say too, I wasn't sure where you're going with that about the commercial thing. I thought it was like a cake commercial because when I was little, I was five years old. I was in a TCBY frozen yogurt commercial. I love that store. Yeah, because I was like one of those kids who did like commercial print work all when I was little because my parents were in the industry too. Um, Yeah, isn't that weird? Wild, which makes sense that we both do what we do now a little bit. A lot of people never get to the commercial side of it. But like, yeah, you know, like taking pictures to be on USPS ads. Anyway, but I I want to see these photos. I got to show you and you got to show me your print work too. Isn't it such a it's such a different world. Isn't as fun because I was 
I'm like my age and you're right. Like younger, right? Yeah. But yeah. I was thinking it was like a cake eating thing because mine, I had to eat ice cream. This is a child's dream, right? I'm five years old. I was like, oh my gosh, I booked a TCBY commercial. We're going to eat ice cream the whole time. Guess what flavor they gave me? Vanilla. Vanilla's good. Guess what? Guess what disgusting ass mint flavor. What the fact that you think that's disgusting is disgusting. I hate mint that no bubblegum, Kate. For oh, four, ew, ew, can you imagine ew, how ew. crushed I'm I'm a child oh who's about to gosh. live their dream. Disgusting. Why didn't they switch it up? Dis I couldn't believe it happened to me. I guess bubblegum looks looks kind of cool, so they were like, we want the bubblegum. Yeah. Oh, they should have just flavored it vanilla and then colored Dude. it bubblegum. Oh, I'm sorry that you have that trauma. <laughs> should we talk about it? I know. Anyway, thank you, Kate, so much for coming thank on. You. Please check out her podcast, her Instagram, her YouTube, and uh, we will talk to you next Thursday. Bye, Kelly. Thank Bye. you.